0: Sounds
1: good. All right, shall I go ahead and start then?
0: Yeah.
1: Hello, everyone. It is Brennan Stewart again. I want to tell y'all that I'm a representative of Jesus Christ, and I want to thank God the Father in the name of Jesus. um, I'm here with my sister today. She's got a couple of questions for me that she would like to ask. And uh, we can go ahead and start that. Laura?
0: All right. Um, I think... where we should start is to let people get to know you a little bit better. Let's kind of talk about our childhood a little bit for those who don't know us <clears throat> who are listening. And um we'll just kind of go from there until until your life now just in a summary, I guess. Um so tell me about your childhood, Brandon.
1: Um Well, my mother and my father was together until we was I was about seven. That's about when you'd be born. My father went to prison for armed robbery on the Texaco and Shannon. Uh, After that, my mother got married to a man named Lewis. He was a pretty good stepfather, but of course, I was rebellious and I, you know. But really, when it comes down to it, I had a best friend, and his name was Sean Carroll. And he died in 2000, he was my best friend, he died in a with a wreck. After that, I started using drugs, and I started using drugs basically to forget about that pain and to get away from it, I guess you could say. And um, from there on, pretty much, it was just a bunch of constant drug use, wouldn't you say, like all the time, 24-7 really?
0: Yeah. Um, do you feel like, um, our dad had any influence on you as far as your drug use and abuse and how you got started and all that, or?
1: Um, from the time I was seven years old and before I was seven years old, excuse me, let me say this. Before I was seven years old, I grew up in Shannon Village, um, that's in Rome, Georgia or whatever, um. I was around drugs all the time, 24-7. I was probably playing in part, watching them do this, watching them do that. So when my dad went to prison, more or less, yes, uh, I've always wanted to be like my dad. And then on top of that, my dad would always give me false hope and tell me that he was going to do better. So then again, it kind of made me rebel at the same time. But... Instead of doing what was right, I always went to doing what was wrong and tried to be more like him and more like him. And the reason why I thought that I would be like that or that I should do that is for him to love me more. But I really didn't understand. He really didn't want me to take that route. But yeah. with him being gone, it hurt. It hurt a lot, and it had a lot to do with it. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's not that he didn't um, love us. It's that he had his own demons that he was dealing with, and exactly. Um, um, that's definitely something that you can relate to now um, that you're older. Um, let's let's talk yes. about how he died and what effect that that had on you. And
1: um, well, my dad was going to meet Mary Potts one night, and I believe Tiffany Olive. And when they was on the way, um, he got pulled over, and he had swallowed some meth. And about six or seven hours later he had died. So I, I started rebelling again and I started acting a fool again which got me into a lot of trouble and I ended up getting caught with a stolen car from Alabama. Um, the whole time I was doing using, using drugs real bad like serious serious middle use and you know it was just it was just pretty much struggle and I don't know it, it's just I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? Like, it was just all, all hurtful. Yeah. And the only way that I knew how to deal with it was withdrawals because I hadn't found the Lord yet.
0: Right. It was definitely a lot harder on you because you knew, Daddy, um, in a way yes. that I never did. So, Right. Um, I can imagine that was a lot more painful. Um, not that yes. I didn't experience my own pain, too, but mine was a little bit different because... Um, I never actually had a real relationship.
1: Um, no, you didn't and then again when you know every time Dad did get out of prison or whatever, me and Dad did hang out, we did do drugs together, we done a lot of things together that father and son should never do together and he always tried to get me to quit when I was like from thirteen he got out of prison when I was 13, and at that point in time, he would run around, and he told all the drug dealers around Rome that he knew that I knew that he would get on their tail if, he had, if they would sell me anything. So right. at that point in time, nobody would even mess with me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that 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 was that was all I, you know what I'm saying? So, But when I got a little bit older, when I got 17 and 18 and 19 and stuff, he realized at that point in time that he wasn't going to be able to make me stop doing nothing that I was going to do what I was going to do. So... We ended up doing everything together,
0: right? And that's just a personal decision that you made, and there's nothing that anybody could have done to, you know, stop you from no,
1: doing that. No, no, especially they're white. They're white. with the a fact that we had. Especially, I mean, matter of fact, you want me to tell you, you probably had to fault me just to get me to try to stop, and it wouldn't work then.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. Because I, I thought that's the
1: kind of relationship I had to have to be around my dad, and that's not really what it what it boiled down to is he didn't really want that.
0: Yeah. I remember you telling me after he died, it was really powerful. You said, um, I, I've done this my entire life just to try to be closer to him, and now that he's not here, I don't have any reason for it anymore.
1: Yes, most definitely, most definitely. And I've gotten to a lot of trouble behind it, and now, you know, Lord be willing, you know, it was all hard, but now that he's gone, like, he can't even ride with me through the imprisonment that I'm going through or anything like that, and I felt like at the beginning it was like, I wanna say a waste, but really, really it wasn't a waste because now I know that I'm here for a reason.
0: Yeah, you are, that's for certain. Well, I want to talk about the day july 2nd 2020 let's talk about that day and what happened to you and what kind of experience did you have
1: okay so you're referring to when i was at birth right
0: okay yes is that not that date
1: no that that is not that date um i was at birth and uh, i think i know what you're talking about you're talking about that spiritual
0: interaction yeah that you had yes
1: Okay, so I was at Alberta State Prison. It was around, I want to say it was in May, May, June, yes. It was in May of uh, 2020. I was at Alberta State Prison, and me and a bunch of my friends, we had been, we had to have to been smoking out of Bible paper, cigarettes, and uh, what they call um strips. They call it Tunchi and Thugger and toopy in Rome. But anyways... I was smoking that, and it would come in paper form, and it would be sprayed on. And uh, I'd been joking around for about two weeks saying, well, I wonder what God's going to do for us smoking in the Bible, you know what I'm saying? But it ain't the only time I've ever smoked, but that's when it got, like, real bad, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was all laughing and stuff, and, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, one day we were smoking, and I smoked some, I smoked a whole stick of the stuff. And I got high immediately, but when I got high, it was like God was wanting me to go to a Bible. So I went to a Bible, and when I did, I put my hand on it, and it was like a magnet that comes from my heart straight to my hand, and the Lord would not let me let go of the Bible. And he was basically letting me know that he was a jealous God and that I did a lot of praying that day, like, like, I didn't let go of that Bible for, for, like, it seemed like 20 or 30 minutes, maybe. Like, it was so strong, such a spiritual interaction. Like, I had asked him, when he's, when when I'm holding this Bible, I'd asked him, Lord, I'm going to hell for this, ain't I? And, he, and like, literally in my head, I, I heard, hmm, like it was a small, small voice, but it was like, hmm. So from that point on, I took heed, and I've not smoked out of Bible since then.
0: Yeah.
1: And I told him that day when I hit my knees, I told him I said, Lord, if you just get me out of this camp then I will stop doing all this stuff, you know, I will quit doing drugs, I will quit I will quit smoking this and I will quit smoking that. And I was just I thought maybe I was just high, you know what I'm saying? But right. I was, I wasn't just like high. you were hallucinating you or something. Yeah, yeah, but you can't you can't you can't from the way I felt, that was a real experience. That really happened. And if it didn't really happen, it happened for a good reason because it made me start that day is when I started to take my walk.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's like I think you told me. It's like he wouldn't let you let go of that Bible, and you no. felt like you were just burning. Like you, yes. And not only, like not plenty. only was
1: I burning. Not only was I burning. Why I asked him if I was going to hell's because I was tasting sulfur in my throat and my lungs, and my inside was hot. Yeah. And it was, it was just a weird spiritual feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to explain how it was necessarily.
0: Right. But, it's like he was warning you, like if you don't quit what you're doing, you'll spend the rest of eternity like this, like you're feeling right now. Most definitely,
1: most definitely, most mm-hmm. definitely, and it was a dry feeling in my lungs, and it tasted and it felt like sulfur, like it was, it was so real though. You know what I mean?
0: Right.
1: Like, yeah. I like mean,
0: it was, like it, it, it couldn't get no realer than that. Like it scared me. Right. Yeah, it made you realize that that. He is God, and he is powerful and almighty, and he has to Yeah, you know, everybody
1: Everybody that I told, told it to at the camp, they all laughed about it and stuff, but it was, I didn't take it lightly at all. No. When it comes down to it, I listened to that day. I listened to that day, and I listened to him that day, and I listened to everything. I, I listened to everything that my heart was telling me, every feeling that I had. I could taste it. I remember it. It was just really, it was really scary.
0: Yeah, yeah. He definitely it was, it was, got a hold of you. it was you that scary.
1: Time. After I believe after after it happened to me, I believe I wouldn't call you immediately.
0: Right, and then after that, yeah, I remember you were just crying and crying, and you were crying the whole time. You were telling me about it. Yep.
1: Most yeah. Most definitely was. It was scary.
0: Yeah. And Absolutely. And if I'm
1: mistaken too. If I'm not mistaken, it was Psalms 58. I had opened the Bible, and it went straight to Psalms 58, and I read that. And when I read that, that was a big eye-opener, too.
0: Yeah, and you called me, and you were reading it to me. And the whole time that you were reading the verse, you were just sobbing and sobbing and sniffling. And that's when I knew in my heart as your sister that you were you were serious and that you your life was about to change.
1: Yes, it was It was a real-life experience, uh, a changing experience. And um, from that point on, I really took heed to the Lord and listened to what He said. I'm not sitting here saying that I quit doing everything right, right then. Yeah,
0: because, because you, I you continued.
1: I continued. And then let me tell you what happened. So about a week and a half to two weeks later, my counselor had called me in there, or at least I thought it was my counselor. And when I went to my counselor's appointment, She had told me that she switched counselors with me because she felt like I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, that, like, she couldn't help me or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um,
0: you meaning?
1: Well, look at that. Let me call right back.
0: Okay. All right. Hey, we were talking about your counselor.
1: Yeah, so. I went into Miss Mon- 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 Cunt is her name. Her name is Miss Mon- Cunt I went into her, um, into her office, and she had looked at me, and she had said, Mr. Stewart, it looks like you need to go to RSAT. And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, I, I don't want to go to RSAT. But she was like, well, we're going to go ahead and send you to RSAT or whatever. Tell
0: she us what said, RSAT um, is. The what? Tell us what RSAT is. What is RSAT?
1: Mm-hmm. It is a nine-month program. Um, I've done did it one time. Um, is it the thing if, that kind of gets you ready and resident. prepared? Yes, kind of in a way, but it's more or less just like a drug a drug class that you got to take, and you got to learn the 12 steps. It's uh, residential substance abuse treatment is what it stands for.
0: Okay.
1: I do believe that's what it stands for. It's been since 2015 since I took it. But anyways, um, more or less, it's just a nine-month program where you – take um you take classes, you get up early in the morning at eight o'clock, you gotta go to a meeting. You take a bunch of meetings and you learn a bunch of tools for drug use, this, that and the third. But anyways, as we recall, I already hit my knees and I'd already prayed and told and asked God if he gets me out of this camp that I quit doing what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So Miss Moncree, she's telling me I'm going to go to RSAT, well, turn around, if I'm not mistaken, the next shipment week that they shipped, they sent me to Spalding County instead of a RSAT. When I got here, though, I still did drugs a couple of times. I got here on June the 30th, July 2nd, I remembered what I had told God, and I remember praying Him, and I remember what I had told God. That day is the day that I hit my knees and I gave my life to the Lord and told Him that I would never, ever, ever touch meth again. And since then, I have not touched it.
0: That's amazing.
1: Not one time. It took me. It took me about twenty days after that to stop smoking the weed. Um. I have not smoked cigarettes since your birthday. That was September twenty eighth. Yep. So you're I six
0: months in to being totally clean without, um, like, meth use. And then Matthews about none. five months in without any marijuana. and Yes, ma'am. quite a while in without any cigarettes or anything. So that is just amazing yes, to me. Yes, ma'am. Wow. And it's
1: all thanks and all glory to God. Thank you. Amen. And in Jesus' name, you know. He's the one that did it. I can't boast about it none. He's the one that gave me the power to do it and they helped me to do it because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to do it because I would definitely let go. So I know he's got a real tight grip on my hand.
0: Yes. And what's so beautiful about about being a Christian is that he allows us, like our paths are already destined, but he allows us to make our own choices and decisions. So um, it's just awesome that you opened your heart and allowed him to to make that change in you and to to help guide you on the path that you're on now right
1: and i'm so glad that he helped me remember my promise because when i got here i definitely was going down the wrong road until i remember one day i was like man. Hold up a second. Something just, like, hit me in my mouth, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, Mm -hmm. didn't you tell the Lord that you would do this, 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 if it got you out of this place, 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 place? I'm like, yes, 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 yes. yes."
0: (laughs) Right. And so many people make those promises every day, like if they're in just a bad situation. It doesn't have to be drugs, but, like. Lord, if you just get me out of this traffic or, you know, if you just do this for me, then I'll do that. There's so many ifs and thens that we promise. Yes, not only
1: that, and when they're in trouble, too, a lot of people, when they're in trouble, they are always go to the Lord, but they never end up taking or they never end up fulfilling their part of the bargain.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And 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 that's taking everything that he does for you and ever promises ever makes to you lightly, I do believe. Yeah, don't and believe for that granted. That. And for granted.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. Wow. Well, it's just amazing how far, like, just being your sister and seeing it all from like your little boy to your teenage years when you used to. Um, iron your underwear and keep everything spotless, and, <laughs> and then seeing you go, <laughs> seeing you go from that into that downward spiral of drug use and abuse, and just becoming a person that I didn't know for so long, and.
1: I'm talking about it was a struggle. It was a rough struggle, every single bit of it. I turned into a totally different person that my family didn't know, that my family didn't respect, and my family, they love me still, don't get me wrong, and they try to help me every time they could. But how can you love somebody that wants to turn around and try to hurt you every time that you speak to them? Well,
0: yeah, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. You know
1: what I'm saying? And now since, I know one thing since. Since I've asked the Lord back in my life, and I've been at this camp, I've called you every single day. You have not had to worry about me none. Um I've kept my promises. Not only that, I'm just a s i am just I feel like I'm thirteen years old again before I lost my best friend, if you want to know the Mm. truth. And I'm happy every single day. I don't wake up grumpy, I don't wake up ill, I don't let people get get to me in any kind of way.
0: Yeah. Um and you really humbled yourself.
1: I have humbled myself a lot. It's something
0: that I've noticed more than anything because you used to be very cocky and arrogant about everything, and now you're just extremely humble and you don't even ask for anything, and you literally give people the shirt off of your back now.
1: Oh, yes. fact of fact, I do do that. Um, and to tell you the truth, honestly, with what you give me and the money that you send me, I'm not going to lie now, I keep some it for myself, but... On top of that, I'm not going to lie. I make pockets for the dorm and share with the dorm. Like yesterday, um, I give out like six or seven dollars worth of food, and we all a couple of us went into and made a big pocket. And like there was twelve big burritos. Like I'm talking about big burritos, stuffed full, mm-hmm. like bigger than you'll get in a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like two times bigger. And I I get I ran I ran around the dorm and I only ate one of them, but I give around I ran around the dorm and give everybody else some. Wow. Like the other three. I let I let people share it, do what they wanted to with it. I know it's not much, but that ain't what matters. It's the thought that counts to me.
0: Right. And you're given what little bit you have to, to help others who may not have anything at all. Yes,
1: um I've done bought I've done you've done bought me three pair of shoes. I've got a pair of Reeboks on my feet that are brand new, but the other two pair I've given them away since you have bought me new shoes, uh Put it this way, what... There's not nothing
0: that. Yeah. I... What is it? You go ahead.
1: There's not nothing that I keep when I get new things. I, I give everything that's old away.
0: Right, and that's what we're called to do. we're not called to hoard things that we have. We don't get to keep our earthly possessions when we go. So why do we hoard things while we're here? Um, the best thing we can do is to to give our things away and just live for God and let Him provide for us because he, He'll he never let us go without. He'll never let us live without our daily necessities. It's we true. might not always have what we want, but we will always have what we need. Have
1: what we need, exactly.
0: Yes.
1: Yes, we will always have what we need. You know, and I don't hurt at all at this camp. I'm, I'm, at, I'm actually at a pretty good camp, and uh, they feed wonderfully here. And like like you said, I've humbled myself a lot. Normally, things that are said, I bite on to. They call them wolf tickets or, you know, whatever, and I latch on to them. I, I used to latch on to them real quick, and I don't even latch on to them no more. I don't even care about what people think about me no more, really. Like, I'm not arrogant. I don't care. You can sit there and talk. I feel like if you put your hands on me that's your problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I've not had that, I've not, have not had that happen yet, so I don't know how instincts are going to work in that fact, but I know if I can let go of the talk and people talking to me directly and me hearing it, I feel like I can shrug off other things too. So.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean?
0: Right, you've learned to to be the bigger person in the situation. And I just... have
1: learned, I've learned to be a man and I've grown up so much, it don't even make no sense to me.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I
1: I'm a totally different person. That's awesome. And not only that, if nobody can notice it, have you noticed me? I ain't even said a curse word. We've been talking for like thirty minutes almost.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard you say one in like over six months now, so I'm very impressed. <laughs> anybody that anybody that knows you that's listening knows that that every other word was not yes. a very good word um, before you gave your life over to Jesus. So um, that's right. <laughs> Small improvements every single day lead to just huge changes and results. And I am so proud of you and how far you've come and everything that the Lord's doing in your life and you being so obedient to him and his calling for you.
1: Yes, ma'am, I do. And I wake up every morning and I'm thanking God for everything that he does for me. Thank you for every time that he wakes me up, every breath I take, every time my vein pulses whatever's going on in my life, you know. I pray for everybody else. I even pray for my enemies. I pray that they get their blessings, and I, and if anybody's listening, if I've ever done you any kind of wrong, and this is from the bottom of my heart, if I've ever, ever done you any kind of wrong, please forgive me. I was strung out. I was gone, and I didn't know what I was doing. I know that is not no reason to do anything, but y'all wasn't me at that point of time now on me and I would never ever do anything like that to anybody again. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome sauce.
0: Awesome sauce. Well, (laughs) is that it for today?
1: Let's see it. Um I wanna close with a prayer and then we can be done, Laura. All right. All right, close your head and (laughs) bow close your head. Close your eyes and bow your head. Dear, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I want to give thanks to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for, you know, letting me light, letting your light shine on me and letting me be able to tell my testimony to everybody and letting us have this day, Lord, with you to serve you and to worship you and to do your will, Lord, and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen.